Okay, welcome to episode 66 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host, Sixten Funquist, who is dealing with a very sick child right now, unfortunately. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, some sort of flu. Uh, life as a parent. <laughs> a little tired. Not, I'm more frustrated because it, it's kind of... So he had a day off from preschool the other day because it was closed due to, I don't know, stuff. And then he just came down with the flu while he was uh, at home or something. I guess he kind of got it at preschool, but it chose to kind of show itself. And uh, from there on, yep, he's been at home since Wednesday. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, coming up on the episode, we have a pretty fun interview. Um, I had a chance to talk to uh, Dale Weiss yesterday, actually. Really nice guy. Um, was super happy to be able to join us on the podcast. And uh, so we got that interview coming up, obviously, uh, Weiss is uh, one of Oscar Shom's newest forwards. Unfortunately, he's dealing with some injuries right now, so he's only got about a period of ice time under his belt. But, uh, yeah, we talk about everything. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. But um, And, unfortunately, 610 wasn't able to join for the interview yesterday. No. Uh, I had a sun outage, if you will. And then you had a power <laughs> outage last time we did an interview. So it's been a while since we did, like, a tandem uh, interview. But at least we were able to provide... You listeners, uh, all of you who follow this Pluck a Little podcast with some content, and that's the thing that matters matters the most. And to, for the record, uh, I said today before we started recording that I was kind of hoping to be able to listen to the very this very interview before the podcast episode. But uh, yeah, my son chose to throw up instead. So yeah. But uh, all right, well, let's recap what happened last night. And, let's do that. First and foremost, I want to talk about Strauss Mann, who yeah. finally got scored on last night uh, after um, putting up two shutouts for his SHL debut. Uh, back-to-back shutouts to start his SHL career. Absolutely incredible start for the young man. Uh, only allowed one goal last night against Tim Rose. Halefti, who came away with the uh, the 4-1 victory. But my goodness, I mean, obviously, Halefti has to be happy about the fact that this kid is immediately paying off. Yeah, we were kind of praising him uh, heading into the season. Uh, I think I said something that this could be like a wait and see season to see what he kind of if if he's able to kind of you know shoulder the, the weight the the burden. But uh, so far, so good. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, absolutely incredible. Because yeah, you sent me his stats uh, uh, earlier this morning, and yeah, he's got. One goal against in three games. He's got a nine eight eight save percentage and. What was that? A point three four goals against average. Point three three. Point three three goals yeah. against <laughs> in his first three professional hockey games. Absolutely it's incredible. Good. It's pretty good, and yeah, I mean, obviously this is a record that might not be feasible throughout the season, but uh, kudos to the start. <laughs> yeah, and the 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 thing that um, is kind of exciting for him, obviously, is the fact that this is his first professional. Uh, professional season he also went undrafted in the nhl so this could be a potential for him to demonstrate that uh, you know he might belong uh, belong in the nhl if he if he develops well i wonder why that is because i want to if i'm not mistaken he was a bit of a bit of a name heading into the draft of i'm sorry uh what, 2016 it must have been but i don't know why he didn't get drafted um well I'm honestly sure. the a lot of collegiate players are not high on draft lists. That's uh, true, though. And, and he played collegiate for University of Michigan in the NCAA. I mean, typically, you know, in the drafts, you look at guys who are playing major junior, you know, in the in the CHL or, um, um, you know, other, you know, European imports and stuff like that who are already playing professional true. hockey. So he, he decided to take the collegiate route, which, I mean, you got to you got to respect that, getting an education for himself while playing hockey as well. So. I don't know. You know, if he puts up good numbers this season, I, I'm sure he'll get some looks from some NHL teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. If if Eric Shelgen can get the looks, uh, a U.S.-born player, for sure, will get the looks. I mean, he's off to a great start, and he's uh, he's performed very well. I hope he stays healthy, and uh, so we can see what, like, longevity would be the wrong word here, but what, at least what he can do throughout however many games he gets to play in the in the season here but let's given what given what they've played him so far he's played three out of seven so every other game basically and um yeah so it, we're looking at 26 27 games here 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, coming into the season, we had talked that, you know, he was probably going to be more of a backup to Gustav Lindvall, but the way they've been playing, it's more like a 1A, 1B situation yeah. with Lindvall and Mann, and <laughs> it's worked out pretty well for them so far. Um, they didn't have the best start to the season, but they've kind of found their footing now and are uh, third overall with 15 points in their seven games played. So Halefti uh, is on a bit of a roll, and they have uh, Strauss Mann to thank for that. Absolutely, and also Gustav Lindvall, to be fair, because he, he has a 9-4... Six eight, if you will, save percentage or nine four seven to round it out, and a one point two seven goals against average in four games played. So he's pretty decent as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to coming away with the big four one win over Timro yesterday. They absolutely dominated on dominated on the shot clock as well, outshooting Timro thirty five to nineteen. So they were just all over Timro. Timro managed that one goal in the first period, but uh, other than that, it, that 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 whole game was basically a left to you. Yeah, and Adam Masherin scoring yet again. I think that was his third straight game with it with a goal on the board and he scored four in seven games which is pretty decent and i think he's got five points in total if i'm not mistaken so yet another north american signing paying off well for Khalif during the start of the season here and we were uh, we were talking uh, praising um Masherin heading into the season and he's not disappointed us so far yeah absolutely uh moving on uh we had lexan and oscar sham two teams that got promoted uh uh, can I just yeah. say that Jonathan Pudas has one goal <coughs> and seven assists in seven games for Kolefjö? He's <laughs> yeah, that that that's pretty standard Jonathan Pudas, though. Exactly. <laughs> after after coming back, where did he where did he play last year? He was playing uh, in the Jokerit. KHL with in yeah with Jokerit, right? So yeah, just kind of slotting right back into where we're used to seeing him, yeah. um, being one of the top defenders, offensively gifted defenders, I should say, in the league. So uh, yeah, just just absolutely dominating from the blue line back there. But uh, yeah, Lexen and Oskarsham, uh, the two teams that got promoted a few years ago, playing uh, playing last night in what turned out to be a pretty good game. Um, and the second period was absolutely wild, with both teams scoring a pair of goals. Uh, ultimately, it was Lexan's first period opener that uh, turned out to make the difference, as Lexan coming away with a three-two win, and uh, Max Verano showing up against his old team. Dude, have you seen his stats? I'm actually trying to look it up right now because I lost it for some reason. I can't find it. Uh, here we go. Okay, give me a second. Uh, so uh, he he went without a point in the in his first two games, I think. And after that, he's had. Uh, let me see. He's on a five-game point streak, having scored three goals and six assists during this streak. He's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh he's finally found his stride, and yeah, coming up and stepping up against his uh, former team last night to. To help Lexand with the win is, uh, like you said, uh, a crazy, crazy uh, point streak for him. He had uh, one goal and I believe an assist last night. No, just the no, one goal. Just a goal. And it was a shorthanded goal too. <clears throat> yeah, uh, we should mention that uh, Hunik Sohorna, not not Thomas Sohorna this time, had a goal and an, and an assist for for Oscar Sam. So the Sohorna brothers <clears throat> are still making their mark in, in Oscar Sam and they're performing uh, admirably, if you will. Yeah, I, I think Oscar Sam's got a solid roster this season. Um, talking to Weiss uh, yesterday about it, he, he you know, he said um, he probably wouldn't be coming to this team had he thought they were going to be, you know, a, a basement-dwelling team like we've seen over the last couple of seasons. So he was pretty positive about the, the roster and how they're looking this season. So it'll be interesting to see how they shape out. And obviously... You know, they, they slightly improved last year, avoiding the relegation series, but still missing the playoffs. So, I uh, yeah, I, I expect them to compete for a playoff spot this season, for sure. Uh, yeah, their roster is improved. And I think, I can I do have my projections here. I didn't want, just want to double check what I said. I had them 11th. Yeah, that's competing for, for at least a, you know, play-in kind of spot. So, yeah. yeah, they're pretty much where they're supposed to be right now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, uh, Your Gordon still struggling. Oh, um, big loss coming. against, big loss against Rogla yesterday. Uh, four to one win for Rogla, who, on the other hand, are looking very good. Yeah, uh, we should mention that Rogla scored a shorthanded goal. No, sorry, a five on five. I thought it was shorthanded. Never mind. So, so there was a five on five goal, uh, twenty two seconds into the second period. Then they had a, sh- <laughs> a penalty shot convert uh, converted one minute nineteen seconds into the second period, and then they scored yet again after four oh one. So, they kind of went for the knockout early on in the second period, and it paid off. Yeah, um, yeah, quick three quick goals there for for Rogla and. 
I mean, against a team like Roglov, that, that that's a that's a hard uh, that's a hard um, uh, amount of goals to come back against because yeah, that's uh, that's a tough team to play against. Uh, we're gonna even, talk we're gonna talk match, about so. Lulu late, later, but is Roglov becoming the new Lulu with a bit more firepower? Because it feels like when they score, they score like in heaps, and then they can kind of shut you down as well. Uh, not not to take anything away from Jurgen here, but Jurgen might have not been the big best measuring stick here, but We've seen it before. They do. They do kind of score a couple of goals, and then it just they just completely shut you down. I think. It, I think this is just a way of the the, the natural progression for 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 Roglic under that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the the system they've got in Roglic with the Abbott brothers is fantastic, and uh, like you said, it's uh, it, it does seem like you know they jump out a couple, maybe three goals, and then they just completely shut everything else down. They're really comfortable playing with the lead, obviously, and yeah, it's uh, it, this is going to be a fun team to watch this season and moving forward through the next few seasons as well. Yes, for sure. Uh, speaking of Rögle, uh, <clears throat> Alan Bibic is back with Rögle, but he's joined the marketing side now. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Yes, the, Not... it was uh, announced a couple of hours ago here. Oh, that's kind of cool. With a pretty Not... cool video, I gotta say, uh, when he kind of he comes off the ice, heads to the to the dressing room, removes his hockey gear and just puts on his suit. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, not exactly the position you would think a, a former player would fill, but it's kind of cool to see him back with the uh, the organization. It's kind of uh, it's kind of we see it kind of uh, quite a lot in, in the SHL, but I wasn't quite expecting Alan Bibich to take that route, but it's it's pretty cool. And speaking of Rugla as well, Adam Tambellini just continuing to to perform well in his sophomore SHL season. Um, I, I, you know what? Uh, this this kid is is. Uh, I think he's going to compete for the scoring title this year. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, he might. He's looking really solid. Uh, yeah, he's he's only got the one goal and four assists so far through six games, but um, his vision on the ice is just incredible. He's a fantastic playmaker and. He's always looking for that extra pass rather than shooting. So he's not, you know, he's not the most gifted of goal scorers, but he's an incredible playmaker. And uh, I've already seen him make some pretty incredible assists so far this season. So uh, really happy to see him uh, doing well so far. Uh, moving on. Who else did we have last night? Arebro shutting out Brinus. There's a big one for Arebro. Yes, Robin Kovacs with the two goals. His first two goals of the season, actually. Uh, he had six shots on goal yesterday, which is pretty pretty decent. And he scored twice, like I said. And uh, having scored 17 goals last season, I think this was the kind of game he needed to to get things going. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, Arebro with 33 shots on net. But Brinas also put up 25 shots on net. So the... Uh, uh, the the performance between the pipes for uh, Jonas Enroth was was a good one and making the yeah. all twenty five saves. So, um, and uh, Evelyn was pretty decent as well. Again, yeah. I think the goaltending situation in the league this year is really interesting. There's there's quite a few guys that I think uh, are are going to compete for top goaltender this year. I would agree with that, and also I think at the same time I think that the the top tier, you know, scores the death bar has been raised as well, so it's an interesting showdown in the end, because we see quite a few uh, individual uh, performances, and uh, both both in net and both on the scoring side. So overall, I think that the the quality of hockey has been, you know, raised raised a couple of notches as well. So I like it a lot. Yeah. Lulio finally breaking their four-game losing streak oh, yeah. um, and just just breaking it, basically, with uh, the, the game winner coming in the third period against Malmo uh, with, uh, what is that, 20, no, 42 seconds remaining in the third period. Juhani Trevinen breaking that deadlock in, you know, late in the third frame to finally snap that four-game losing streak with uh, whatever's going on in Lulio. They're, they've got to feel good about getting, coming away with the full three points there. Bit of a greasy win. Uh, and I think, well, Lulio are kind of not experts uh, in the subject, but they're very good in, in the, getting those greasy wins. And what will be interesting now is if they can keep it up uh, and kind of roll a bit. They, they're facing, I think they play Vekua tomorrow, which is a tough outing, obviously. But that goal uh, Tirvenen scored was, I, I wouldn't say it's typical Tirvenen, but in a way it's typical Tirvenen because, he, you know, he gets that rebound. 
he's at the right spot at the right time and he's you know he's been pushing and shoving before getting the puck and I've said it before he's one of my absolute favorite players in the league because he's he's a complete package he, he'll fight you he'll he'll kill you in the corners he'll he'll decide games on his own if if he, if he feels like it and I, I think he's a very underrated player and if he can get going he'll carry Lulio on the, on his backs on his back sorry so uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to the Vecco game tomorrow, and I'm actually going to cover it, so it's going to be really good, good to watch. Yeah, and like you said, it was a very Turvinen-esque goal. He's always always seems to be, you know, kind of Johnny on the spot, right? The right positioning to kind of clean up the garbage, and that that's exactly what he did yesterday. And you know, they're they're called garbage goals, but they're still goals, and they still yeah. count towards the final score. And Johanny Turvinen, it's his positioning, his kind of his knowledge of where to be, when to be there. It's, uh, yeah, so a great goal and um, great finish for Lulio yesterday, coming away with, like you said, a bit of a greasy win. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to mention that Julius Honka scored his first SHL goal as well, which is pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, um, I'm, I think that's, we're going to talk about the upcoming games, uh, Saturday games tomorrow, but I, I think I think this is the, the kind of matchup I'm looking forward to the most uh, top tier Vekwa to facing Lulio needing more wins. So it's going to be really cool to watch. Yeah. And then getting to an absolutely crazy game between Forlunda and Farius Dad, <laughs> an absolute shootout that went to overtime with Forlunda coming away with this 6-5 victory. But Forlunda scoring three in the first, Farius Dad scored two. Both teams scored two in the second. Farius Dad scored one in the third. And then Forlunda coming away with the overtime victory. But yeah, 11 goals scored is uh, is not typically a, a result you see very often. No, it's uh, it's the first of the season, obviously, but I don't think it'll be the last because uh, they, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, and it, <laughs> I can't it really all, put my words on it. It also took place in front of a packed Scandinavian. They had almost 10,000 people in Scandinavian for that game. Uh, so it must have been just an electric, uh, you know, electric atmosphere in the arena. And uh, for Lunda coming away with that overtime win in front of that huge crowd is just uh, just awesome. Yeah, for Lunda had also had five players scoring two points in the game, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, and this is a bit of a you know rival meeting, if you will. It's not, they're not very close in terms of distance, but they've been playing each other quite a lot over the years, especially in the playoffs. And and usually they're great games. And <laughs> yesterday didn't kind of they didn't disappoint. Uh, worth men- mentioning is that Dominic Furch, 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 how do you kind of pronounce his last name, uh, made his SHL debut with Ferristad, uh, or rather Ferristad debut uh, coming in in replacing uh, Henrik Haukeland in net for Ferristad. Uh, before we move on, talking about Frölunda, I mean, Ryan Lash has just, he, he hasn't missed a step. I mean, he, he played in uh, Liga and in yeah. Switzerland last year, but he comes right back to Frölunda. He's got two goals and 10 assists. In the first eight games of the season, Ryan Lash is, well, he's just being Ryan Lash. He's got two goals and nine assists in his last six games. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and he's been part because Ferlunda has scored on the power play in three straight games. And of course, he's had a, at least one power play point in every game of those games. So he was signed uh, back here to kind of provide the power play on with a, an, extra, an extra dimension. And uh, uh, yeah, that's what he's been doing. Yep. Well, yeah, it's it, him and, and Joel Lundqvist on the power play for Forlunda are just... Joel Lundqvist, you know, parks himself right out front, waits for that puck from Lash and buries it, you know, more often times than not. So Yeah, they're lethal, it's, man. It's an incredible combination that, you know, it's just real fun to watch. And uh, the fact that both of these guys are what you would consider old hockey players and they're still still producing points at the at the rate they are is incredible. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you said, he Ryan Lash hasn't missed a step. I'm... To be honest, uh, Joel Lundqvist is starting to miss a few steps, but he's not. I mean, the guy's forty years old. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say he's not bad in any way, but he's. You can see he, he's not as fast. He's never been a fast player, but he's not as fast as he's as he used to be. But uh, man, just want to point out that if if Ryan Lash continues like this, he'll be scoring. Uh, oh, what would that become? It's like one point twenty five. Hang on. Is he on pace? Well, I mean, it's early in the season, but he's on. Is he on pace to break Bud Holloway's record? He's on pace for sixty-five points. Bud Holloway was what seventy-four. I think it was seventy-one, right? Seventy-one. Okay, yeah. But still, still it's pretty good. Absolutely right? incredible, yeah. Even the fact that he's thirty-four years old. Yeah. Let's see if he can keep it up, though. It's a long yeah. season. Honestly, let's hope so because it, it'll be great fun. 
And final game of the evening, Lynn Chopin getting shut out for the third time this season. We should mention that Lynn Chopin had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players from their own uh, uh, kind of junior hockey side playing yesterday with two players making their SHL debut. Uh, this is by no means a team ready for anything else than trying to survive this season. And with the injuries they've got, yeah, these things will happen. Yeah, it's uh, kind of an emergency situation going on in Linköping right now. And I think they're going to have to make some moves, bring some people in. Because like you said, nine junior players making the roster last night, especially against a team like the Lakers, is it's not going to cut it. No, but to be fair, three, well, yeah, three were, you know, they're kind of counted for in the regular roster, but still six kind of filling in, uh, which is no argument. Yeah. Oh, never mind. It's it, I mean, half of them weren't aren't regular players. So, yeah, they, they need to do something. And I wonder how much there's left in their player budget. It'll be interesting. And to be fair, uh, I mean, given the start Linköping has had, which has not been a good one, Marcus Hogberg is still putting up decent numbers between the pipes. He's played six games, uh, 2.36 goals against average, which isn't bad, not great, but he's also got a 9.15 save percentage. So he's putting up fairly decent stats between the pipes. He's just not getting offensive help. Exactly. But I I saw, there's the, I think I've been talking about the Twitter account better than a monkey before. Uh, and he put out the, the goalie stats from yesterday. Marcus Hogberg had zero save percentage in on the uh, shots from the slot yesterday. From the slot. Yeah. So, given the fact that he let in two goals, I haven't seen the highlights, but let's say they were both from the slot. Beko had two shots from the slot. That yeah, that's well. That reflects obviously pretty well on Lin Choping's defense to be able yes. to keep them out of the slot. That's you know pro- obviously prime scoring sp- spot on the ice. So. That's, wow, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, you know, raised my eyebrow because at least you, you're you, you're kind of saving saving one shot or two. So I'm just going to scroll through the highlights. We, we can actually move jump to the interview here, and I'll get back to you on this because I want to check it out, and we can discuss this after the interview. So a bit of a cliffhanger, but uh, let's do that. Yeah, we'll send it to the interview with uh, Mr. Dale Weiss. Enjoy, guys. Okay, I'd like to uh, give a very warm welcome to the podcast, uh, former NHLer and uh, Dutch League superstar, Mr. Uh, Dale Weiss. Dale, thank you very much for joining me. Hey, happy to be here, buddy. How are you? Ah, not too bad. And yourself? Hey, very good, very good. Happy to be here with you. Excellent. Um, so yeah, let's just kind of start at the uh, you know the the start of your professional career. Um, uh, you're drafted uh, 111th overall by the New York Rangers back in 2008 and uh, started out a couple seasons in uh, in Hartford with their AHL affiliate. And, uh, you know, during those two seasons, you didn't get the call to the big team. Uh, was there any, you know, times during those two seasons where you thought maybe the NHL wasn't going to happen for you? Um, you know what? That, that never really crossed my mind. Um, as soon as I signed that first contract, um, you know, I, w- I was a 20 year old. I originally thought I was going back to junior. Um, you know, even my coach in junior was like, you're going to sign. I guarantee you're going to sign. I was like, man, they- I'm talking to my agent. I was like, the coach thinks I'm going to sign. Like, why didn't that offer me a contract? What's going on here? Um, but I, I don't know that I- maybe they didn't think I was ready. I went to training camp, uh, at a tremendous rookie camp. I signed like three days into rookie camp. Um, and then from that point on, I knew I could play in the NHL. I knew it was a real, uh, you know, a real option for me. And then, um, you know, up and down first year pro, uh, obviously you deal with a lot of different things, um, you know, living by yourself and, and just kind of getting adjusted to pro from junior, which was a big jump. And then the second year I kind of took off and, and had a real good year. And I knew it was only a matter of time from there. And obviously those, those two years in Hartford that you spent in the AHL, do you feel like that was a beneficial part to, to kind of get you prepared for the NHL? That was huge. That was huge for me. Um, you know, I definitely what wasn't ready uh, coming out of junior. Um, you know, I needed to learn a couple of things, um, and also how to do do you know get back to playing in the bottom of the lineup. You know, you go from 18, 19 where you're a star in junior, and you're, you know you're the top player on your team, and then you kind of go back down to totem pole again. So, um, you know, working your way up and, and grinding your way up the lineup was was something that I had to relearn again. Not that I didn't know it from junior, but um, 
yeah, just little things on what it takes to sustain your body throughout the whole season, which is, is a big thing. I think a lot of young guys struggle with that as pros. So it was uh, very beneficial for getting me set up for a nice long NHL career. Now the 2010, 2011 season rolls around. You, you get the call from the Rangers. Uh, you step onto the ice for your first NHL game. Just kind of take us through that moment. What, what was that like? Yeah. So I, I was called up the year before for about three weeks, but I never got a chance to play. I was always like, uh, you know, guys are injured. They're game time decisions. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, and that was the year where they lost that last game in the shootout against Philly to get in. So the last two weeks, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finally play a game. And then a guy comes and he plays. And then I just like, I'm going to play this game. And, uh, and I never got a chance. So I was hungry for it for, for a while. Um, and then finally, when I got the chance, I, I got a quick call the day before. They said, you're playing tomorrow. There's no game time decisions. You're in. I flew to Philly. And, um, man, just a, an experience I'll never forget for sure. Um, you know, the, the, the actually playing a real NHL game, not an exhibition. And, um, you know, it, it turned out to be a pretty cool day for me. Well, not only an NHL game, but obviously a pretty big uh, rival game against uh, Philly for the Rangers as well. That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, in, in exhibition, I got a chance to play in Philly a few times, but it's kind of not the same atmosphere. When you come um, in a regular season, New York, Philly, at that time, you know, they had a really, really good rivalry going on, um, you know, obviously from the year before where they, they beat them out to get in the playoffs. So uh, I, I was pumped, man. I was excited to be a part of it. Uh, now, of course, after uh, that season with uh, the Rangers, uh, you joined the Vancouver Canucks and being from Vancouver myself, definitely wanted to chat about this. But uh, obviously you came into that team uh, the season after, you know, they had had that heartbreaking game seven loss against Boston in the cup final. What was kind of the atmosphere in that team coming into the season? Yeah, I think that for me, being a part of that team, um, you know, I owe so much to so many of those guys kind of just showing me what it really, really takes to be a good NHL player. and you know, like I said, the little things about sustaining your body and, and being able to last through the whole season. Um, I mean, I learned a ton there. That was such a good hockey team. So many good people. Uh, the atmosphere was incredible. It, you know, that team that I played on, I mean, we won the President's Trophy that year. Um, you know, that was the best team I think I played on. And I was on some really good teams. Uh, you know, Chicago and Montreal, we had some good teams, but that was the best team I was on. And, um, you know, it's really, really sad that we couldn't do more as a group there. Now, obviously, this being kind of a, a Swedish-based podcast, definitely wanted to touch on the Sedins. Obviously, they were the, uh, you know, the, the leaders and the mentors of that group for so very long. So what was it like to, you know, kind of slot in under them and, and, and play with their mentorship? Ah, oh, man, they're two of the best people you could ever ask for uh, as teammates, uh, as friends, as people. Um, <laughs> you know, growing up in Winnipeg, I was never the biggest Canuck fan. Um, obviously always a fan of NHL talent and, and special players. And um, they just, they take it to another level every single day, getting a chance to practice with those guys and see the things that they could do uh, was just incredible. Um, you know, the most humble leaders every single time, you know, the team had a bad outing, you know, there's Hendrick saying, well, we got to be better. We got to score more, um, you know, taking the brunt of everything when they literally carried our team every single night. So uh, they're just tremendous people. Uh, you know, I, I honestly can't say enough good things about those two guys. Now, we uh, actually had a request for one of our listeners to ask uh, if you had any kind of funny stories you'd like to share, not necessarily about your time in Vancouver, but just, uh, you know, your time in the NHL. Anything that you can think of off the top of your head? Oh, funny stories. I mean, I have a million stories I can talk about. Um, <laughs> I figured you know, that would be the case, yeah. yeah. For, the, for the Swedish listeners to watch, um, you know, they can go on YouTube and watch a thing when they were filming. It was like the NHL behind the scenes kind of look and um you know one day was, was getting ready for practice and the day before this was in bank when i was in vancouver and torts absolutely ripped me in a meeting the day before like just completely destroyed my life and um you know so i felt terrible and and the next day we go to practice and someone hides my helmet and with torts the biggest thing for him was like you know promptness like if you're five minutes early you're 10 minutes late like he's starting meetings you know, say meetings at nine o'clock, if you stroll in 8.58, like the doors are already closed, the meetings start, you're not coming in. So like starting on time was a big thing for him. He was very, very strict on timing and, and being early. And um, so I'm here, I am like rushing around and, you know, people can watch it on YouTube. And I'm like, I can't find my helmet and the camera's following me. And like, I'm trying not to lose my mind, but I'm like inside, I want to scream. I'm so mad. I can't find it. Uh, it started as a joke, but then I was really pissed off because I knew I was going to be late. 
And, you know, I was like a second year guy in the NHL, well, a second or maybe my third year, but still one of the younger guys on the team. Um, you know, I was so nervous, but eventually I found it at the last second. I got out there and, uh, you know, still to this day, I don't know who hit it. I, well, off the top of my mind, when you're saying that sounds like a, a very Burroughs thing to do, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he was the first guy I would have, but, um, you know, I think he, he Burroughs is one of those guys that could kind of read the situation a little bit. And that was not a good day to, <laughs> to hide my helmet after what happened the day before so not a time um, to be messing around it was pretty no no definitely so I, could, I feel like he could feel the room a little bit better um you know Kevin Bieksa or Ryan Kessler I, I would assume it's one of those two those guys could uh they could pull a joke on me and then they could go to the coach after and say look at it was us don't don't be so hard on the kids so you know they're in that position that they could do that so maybe it was those two Oh, that's funny. Now, uh, after your full, first full season uh, in the NHL with the Canucks, obviously the lockout rolled around. Um, the, the timing of that and, you know, just after your first season, was that a bit disheartening for you to, to kind of have a bit of a pause like that? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, you know, you work your whole life to, to get to the NHL and I finally established myself as an everyday NHLer. I re-signed at a one-way. I was all excited and I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, to be honest with you. I, I went back to Vancouver in September. I was like, there's no way there's going to be a lockout. I'm there for three weeks training. There's probably like five guys there. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is pretty serious. Um, after a while, I realized we weren't playing for a while. So I went home and uh, I, I was disappointed, really disappointed. Cause I, you know, like I said, you, you finally establish yourself and, uh, and then, you know, it gets shut down and you don't know what's going to happen after that. Now let's get to the Netherlands. Cause this is obviously a very unique experience for a professional hockey player. You played for the Tilburg trappers uh, where he gained the moniker, the Dutch league, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you had uh, pretty good success with them. Um, but uh, obviously before we get to your success in the Dutch league, uh, I just want to touch on how did that opportunity come about? Because obviously when you think of, you know, NHL guys going to other leagues during a lockout, the Dutch league probably isn't on many people's lists. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, like I said, I was in Vancouver training. I was ready to go to the start of the season. And then I was like, okay, we're not playing for a while. So I went back home. Um, we didn't have a lot of pro guys in Winnipeg at the time. I wasn't training a lot. I wasn't sure because I literally, I, you know, I trained my ass off May, June, July, August. Like I was like primed, but I was almost burnt out at that point. If I had to keep working out and training, um, I didn't think it was going to be very beneficial for me. So I thought, you know what? I got to go play. I don't really care where I go. Um, you know, and a lot of, a lot of teams are like, well, he's a fourth line NHL or, you know, we don't want him and, and that kind of garbage. But, um, you know, so I, I was like, called major. I said, Hey, I'll go anywhere, get me a job. I want to be on a plane tomorrow. And, uh, and that's what happened. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty interesting. So, so what was the reception when, you know, you first landed in the Netherlands where uh, obviously the team happy to have you? Yeah, it was awesome, man. I honestly, I can't say enough good things about that. Um, just the, the people that were there, uh, the way the team treated me the, the, and the team itself, um, you know, people make fun of the league and they laugh about it. But after being here in Sweden uh, for two months now, the way that team treats their players, the amount of money that that team spends, the budget on that team is as good as anybody, any team in Sweden. No doubt in my mind. Um, I never would have thought that would be the case. Uh, but after being here in Sweden now, um, you know, I, I see how good that, that franchise was. Honestly, they were incredible for me. I had the time of my life there. Now, uh, for those of uh, our listeners that don't know, you ended up playing 19 games with Tilburg that season, scored 48 points in those 19 games, 22 goals, 26 assists, and you, uh, you managed 79 penalty minutes as well. So uh, you're a pretty busy, busy guy out there on the ice. Just kind of take us through that on-ice experience. Yeah, it was, um, it was awesome, man. You know what? For... You know, I, I was a really, really good player in the American Hockey League. I think people forget that when they, they look at my NHL stats. Um, you know, 21 years old, I had 30 goals, 100 penalty minutes, 50 points. Like, I was a really, really top-line player. Um, you know, and then I did what I had to do to, to crack myself in the NHL with Vancouver. That was kind of a fourth-line energy role. And then, um, you know, obviously you go back to Tilburg and you get a chance to play. You get to have fun. There was no pressure you know, you, you spend your whole life playing in junior and, and the American league and then the NHL, you know, there's a lot of pressure there every day that builds on you. And, and you know, to get a chance to just go and, and have fun and just enjoy the game was awesome. Now getting away from, uh, from hockey off the ice, what was life like in the Netherlands for you? It was great. They had all these bakeries everywhere. It was my first <laughs> time in Europe. So uh, I, I never really, you know, I didn't know what to expect. So it was just fun. I was there with my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, um, so we, we just kind of, you know, 
walked around, saw some cool things. We were in the bakeries a little bit. It was, it was fun, man. The, the people around that team, the fans, that whole city is just a, it was just a great experience that I'll never forget. Yeah. The food over here in Europe is definitely a, a little bit step above than what we usually get in Canada. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It, I, it's definitely a lot healthier. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one thing that surprised me as well, and I, I know it's probably the same in the Netherlands, is how many people speak like fluent English. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it surprised me. Everyone around the team had pretty good English. Um, and then, you know, I could communicate with people as much as I could. Definitely Sweden to me is incredible. Everybody speaks such good English here. It's almost like half the people speak better English than I do. So it's... Uh, it's, it's definitely been awesome in Sweden. I've been enjoying it. Now, let's get back to the NHL. After the lockout, of course, you returned to Vancouver for a couple seasons uh, before moving to Montreal. Uh, and with the Canadians, those were, uh, at least offensively, uh, concerning your numbers, those were the two best seasons you had in your NHL career. So what was it about that team in particular, do you think, that, uh, that really helped your game? Yeah, I mean, opportunity. Opportunity is everything. Um, you know, I got a chance to play more than six, seven minutes a night. I got a chance to play in the second power play. Um, you know, I felt like I was a big part of that team. Um, you know, I got chances to move up and down the lineup when, when there was injuries, uh, you know, whether it was spot duty for a period or whether I went up for three, four games, um, you know, just have a coach believe in you and honestly give you the opportunity, not, um, you know, where you're playing six, seven minutes a night and they're like, well, you didn't produce offensively. It's like, well, what do you want me to do with six minutes? So, um, Montreal was obviously my favorite place to play. I've, I've made, um, you know, I haven't been been shy to say that, but obviously they gave me the best opportunity to succeed. All right. Before we move on to uh, what brought you to Sweden, I just kind of want to do a quick kind of uh, rapid fire uh, question and answer. So just concerning NHL, just first first kind of answer that comes to your head. So uh, best arena to play in? Uh, Bell Center. Best city to play in? Montreal. Hardest hitter? Uh, Other than yourself, of course. <laughs> Nick, Nicholas Cronwall is probably the hardest I've been hit. Uh, hardest goalie to score against? Uh, Carey Price. Guy you love to have on your team? Uh, P.K. Subban. Nicest guy in the league? Oh, nicest guy in the league. Um, nicest guy I played with, Manny Malhotra. Ah, perfect. I, yeah, I, lo- I love Mal Hocha with the Canucks. He was he was such a good guy. So, oh, he's the best human. It was uh, it was a uh, it was a terrible way to to end his career too with that that puck right to the eye, just kind of a freak accident. But uh, I, I, I've been glad to see him kind of get uh, get a management and coaching role since then. Oh yeah, he's uh, I, when he started coaching, I thought this is absolutely incredible for this guy. He he'll be a head coach very very soon and a very successful one, no doubt. All right. Well, let's move on to last year. Obviously, um, I mean, leagues around the world were scrambling to get schedules together with the pandemic. You know, games were getting postponed. Players were getting sick. We, we had outbreaks throughout all the leagues. Um, uh, but unfortunately, uh, you didn't find a team last year. So what was the situation personally for you last year that kind of prevented you from playing? Yeah. So I was in the bubble uh, with Montreal on the playoffs. I was there. You know, we were isolated for probably about two and a half months. Um, before that and kind of going into it um i had a deal in place in switzerland um and and that was you know i was fully committed to going i was going to play the bubble uh finish the playoffs and then i was going to go to switzerland right after um but i don't know something about just being isolated for two and a half months um you know and and the way the world was going i had i have four young kids i had twins that are young at the time i just i didn't want to leave my family again for another eight months i wasn't going to bring them with me with the way the world was going um, and, and I wasn't about to go away for eight months with, with no idea of what's going on. Am I going to be able to come back or what's going to happen? So, uh, it was an easy decision for me to just not play. Um, and then again, as is, that, that was in September, uh, I decided not to play. Um, you know, and then I was like, well, we'll see what happens. I had NHL tryout offers, but you know, where I was living in Winnipeg, the whole world, we were shut down for four months. I couldn't skate. Um, so I, again, I wasn't about to, to jump into an NHL tryout. You know, the camps were 10 days long. I haven't skated in four months. I would have made an absolute fool of myself. So I thought, you know what, I'll just sit this out. I got some time to spend with my family, which is going to be, which is good. was awesome. Um, and then I'll just wait and then uh, I'll go play in Europe the next year. 
Well, yeah, I guess obviously, uh, you know, being a professional hockey player, you're moving around a lot, don't get a lot of family time during the season. So it must have been nice to just kind of have some downtime with the family and your kids. It was incredible. Honestly, I, I don't regret it one bit. Um, you know, getting that Thanksgiving with my family and, and Halloween with my kids and Christmas and not have to leave, you know, Christmas night or Boxing Day morning at 7 a.m. and go play somewhere. Um, it was just incredible. It was it was uh I can't wait till I get to that phase when I'm fully done playing hockey and I can do that year after year. I can't wait. <laughs> now you said, obviously uh, during the lockdown, you weren't able to skate for four months. What, what do you do in that situation to stay in a little bit of shape? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of a, a workaholic in the gym anyway. So, so off ice is fine. My conditioning is incredible, but um, you know, anybody that's played and, and knows if you haven't skated for three months, uh it takes a little while to get it back a little more than 10 days. And, um, you know, to jump in the, the NHL in a 10 day training camp was ridiculous. So, um, you know, I was, I have a gym in my house. So I, I was working on it every day. I was in great shape. Excellent. Um, all right, well, let's move to Sweden. Obviously, um, uh, you know, once restrictions and the lockdown started easing, uh, you were obviously looking to, to jump back into things. So uh, how did Sweden come about? Were there other countries, other teams you were looking at as well? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I had some pretty good offers in Russia. Um, and, and again, I, Switzerland probably would have been my first choice, if we're being honest. Um, you know, just the, the travel, I can bring my family, you sleep in your bed every night. That was kind of a big thing for me. Um, but then again, I had teams that were like, well, you had a deal last year and you bailed on it. I don't think you're committed to playing here. I feel like, you know, we pay our imports a lot of money. If you come here and leave after two weeks, then we're dead in the water. So um, you know, it, it was what it was. So then I started looking at Sweden. Um, and again, no disrespect to Sweden. Uh, I, I know the country is amazing. Every Swedish guy I ever played with loves it. Every Swedish guy I've ever played with is an incredible human being and, and one of the nice and one of the nicest people you'll meet. So, um, you know, it was an easy decision for me. Now, obviously, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the situation in Oscar Sham uh, and, the, you know, the relegation series here in the SHL and Oscar Sham's kind of been on the, uh, the fringes of that for the last couple of seasons ever since getting promoted. Um, so how do you feel about the team this year? Do you think it's a, it's a strong team? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, um, you know, I, I don't know if I would have came if I felt this was like a relegation team. Um, you know, I kind of saw the guys that they had together and, and, you know, I knew what I could bring to the table when I'm in the lineup. So, um, and it, to be honest with you, I think the team's stronger now that I've seen them in person and, and we've been playing a little bit than, than originally. Um, you know, we got a great goaltender. We got solid defense. Um, you know, I think we got three solid lines I can score. We got four really good lines. Um, and I love the way we play. The way we practice uh, is, is just incredible. Um, we practice with a lot of tempo. We're a hardworking team. We skate a ton. Um, I, I think we're going to give, you know, I think we surprised a couple teams already, and I think we're going to be a handful for a lot of teams this year. Now, uh, obviously, Oscar Shum has uh, quite a few imports, a couple of Americans, a couple of Canadians. Are there any guys on the team that you knew previous to uh, previous to this year? Uh, Philip Samuelson was the only guy that I knew personally. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, uh, he was in Philly system a little bit, so I knew him from training camps and stuff like that. So he was kind of the guy that... Uh, only the guy that I knew, but every, everyone's been great. Um, you know, like I said, everybody speaks such good English. Everyone speaks English around the locker room. The coach speaks English. So it's been a really easy transition. Uh, were you able to bring your family with you? Uh, no, I, I wanted to come over first and, and, uh, and see how it is and see if I could, you know, bring my four kids and, and live comfortably. And uh, I guess it's a pretty complicated situation with uh, that many uh, young ones. Yeah, yeah, the jury's still out if they can come. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Now, off the ice, uh, how are you adjusting to life in Sweden? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. Um, you know, it's not a very big town. It's pretty easy to know where you're going. Um, and uh, like I said, everybody speaks such good English. I was so surprised. Everywhere <laughs> you go, everybody can speak English. It's not hard to, you know, point at things and, and they can understand. So I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Excellent. Now, uh, obviously, you have been dealing with a bit of an injury so far, so you haven't got much play time so far. I, I think you had mentioned uh, you've only got you know one one period of experience in the SHL under your belt so far. But what are your first impressions of the league? Um, it's uh, it's different. It's different than than I, I figured. Um, 
you know, I know a lot about the Russian league and the Swiss league and, uh, and the styles that they play. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say Sweden is anywhere close to those styles. Um, it's, it's really hard to describe. Um, like it's a big rink, but they don't play a big rink style of game, which is very, very interesting to me. So it's been, uh, it's been different. How, in uh, the Netherlands, did they play on the big rink there? Yeah, yeah. They did? Okay, so you, you have some experience on the on the bigger ice as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. Excellent. Um, well, um, yeah, I think that just about does it, Dale. So I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to join me for the, uh, for the podcast. And uh, maybe hopefully we can get you back on later this season when you've got a bit more, uh, bit more ice time under your belt and see how, uh, see how the team's doing maybe uh, in the new year. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Dale. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, thank you once again to Mr. Dale Weiss. Uh, like I had mentioned, like he had mentioned, he's uh, definitely wanting to come back and join us once he kind of gets some more ice time under his belt here in the SHL, dealing with an injury right now. So not too sure when we can expect him back, but a bit of a, a bit of a rough start for for him, especially seeing as how uh, he he didn't play any hockey last year either. Yeah, I think it, that kind of. I, I, if I were to sign someone like Dale Weiss, obviously I would sign him for his experience, and then I would kind of expect him to get going after a couple of games, I guess. So dealing with injuries, yeah, it happens. But I, I can see him being a very productive or at least very important player in terms of handling setbacks and kind of keeping things calm and collected once it gets you know a bit rough because everyone goes through rough patches during the season so i think this is a signing both for the locker room and also you know some extra spark on the ice i think this is i think i think he'll be very i think he'll do very well with oscar san yeah absolutely but uh yeah getting back to that lynch hoping we just watched the highlights the first goal uh against hogberg actually came from the left circle so not from the slot it was an absolutely brutal turnover as well uh i, I can't remember or i didn't catch who made the turnover but just a blind clearing attempt from the corner shot it right at robert rosian who promptly put it in the back of the net yeah that's and the then, wrong player to kind of give the puck to yeah and then uh yeah the uh the second goal is uh is a high slot shot on the power play yeah, deflection as well. And uh, what what is uh, just to stay on Rosian there? He <laughs> he hasn't left the ice without out of point so far. He's got yeah, fourteen there, points in eight games. So there there's another example of you know a, a veteran SHL guy not not slowing down. No, because he's what is he thirty four now? I believe. Yeah, yeah, he is. And yeah, um, he's already, well, I mean, he, he's been um, uh, the uh, Lakers games played leader for a number of seasons now and is just adding more games, obviously, to that record. And like you said, 14 points, five goals, nine assists and eight games played. He is just, yeah, just he's uh, on fire. Yeah, he's just continuing to perform. Well, here here's another crazy thing. He's got five goals so far in eight games. He only scored 12 goals in 51 games last year. Really? So what he's was almost his point total last season. Forty points, twelve goals, twenty-eight assists. So he he's almost at half the goals he scored last year in just eight games played. That's huh. I wonder why that why, why that is. I wonder if he's he's positioned himself differently on the ice, or if it just you know comes to him now. I don't know, but that's interesting. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Obviously, just a hot start for him, so it'd be interesting to see if he can keep up that pace. But we've got quite a few players that are like well above point per game average so far to start the season. Yeah, which I, typically you don't see. A, well, by the end of the season, you don't see a lot of point per play, point per game players uh, by the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if these guys can keep up that pace. I wa- yeah, exactly. I wonder if if <clears throat> like it goes back to what we kind of talked about before that the, the level of play and the quality of the league has been raised yet another notch and um a couple of players has mentioned to me that at least we're going to talk about this with Casimir Kaskis once he gets on the podcast and also Matt Matt Tompkins but but the thing is both of them mentioned to me that they were they chose the SHL because because of the way or the direction they, the AHL was headed. And I haven't really got my head around what's going on in the AHL making them choose the SHL over that. I, I honestly have no idea. I had this is the first um, kind of hearing of it. And I honestly, I can't really think of anything that would no, me neither. make I, such a drastic change in the game. Yeah. I, and I wonder if that's 
I wonder if that's only for the goalies or something, but that's weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway. I, I definitely, I, I definitely want to talk to them uh, about the uh, the trapezoid in the SHL now as well. Yeah, see, yeah. see what their thoughts are on that, because uh, yeah, we've seen a couple of goaltenders already take. Um, what is that penalty? Is it handling outside the trapezoid? Uh, the, the pure definition is delay of game. It's just a. De- it is a delay of game. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. That's what I figured, but I, I wasn't too sure how it like pops up on the uh, on the stat sheets. So. Uh, it's delay of game. Yes, for Wallstead had one yesterday. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, should we look ahead to tomorrow? We got a full slate of games. We should. One, uh, two, three, four games in the afternoon and three in the evening. Yeah, we were kind of talking about. Uh, I mentioned the 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 Lulio game being the one that I look forward to. I'm actually covering that one and the Jurgen uh, Frölunda game, which will be quite interesting as well, given where uh, where is and where Frölunda is kind of headed so it could be a good one also that game starts f- uh, 305 instead of 315 uh like the other ones in the afternoon which is yeah i, th- I think that's due to the fact that there's a uh is it euro qualifier no hang on uh, some there's a soccer game in stockholm right next to where the hockey is being played so i guess they want to kind of get some some uh because if you haven't been around the globe arena in in stockholm or the avicii globe arena if you will uh it's crowded uh, once well there's this. three arenas there there's exactly. Hobbit, globe and then tele2 or tele2 is it arena. but is it forty-five thousand people in tele2 now so or fifty thousand? i think it's fifty thousand. i don't know but well, yeah, speaking of actually, I'm uh, I'm going to the uh, the Sweden Greece game on Tuesday, the World Cup qualifier. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's my first European football game, so I figure a uh, World Cup qualifier is is a good one to pop the cherry on. Is that your first one? Oh Jesus, we need to do something about that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they start at 6 p.m. So I mean, I don't know if 10 they, minutes. They don't want kind of crazy amounts of crowds, you know, yeah, but if, as as the the hockey game finishes and exactly. the soccer game starts. But I, I mean, is ten minutes that big a difference? Should the game go to penalty shootout? I don't think so. Yeah, or maybe they they want to you know give the hockey fans a chance to jump over and watch a football game after the hockey maybe, game. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it, then they might as well start the game at two. Or, yeah, you know, an hour. Oh, yeah, like ten minutes is really not not a big thing. No, because if there's a stoppage on the play, like an outage or whatever on the play, if there's something wrong with a net or you know the ice or whatever those 10 minutes are gone in a heartbeat anyway yeah exactly so that's a bit poor planning i guess but i know i don't know i'm not the one doing the the planning so <clears throat> but yeah the for london your gordon game uh, i mean i could see that being a bit of a blowout for for london honestly with the way we, we've yeah. been seeing your gordon been playing and for london coming off that huge six goal victory over farius dad are going to be pumped up so it, it, it could get a little messy for your gordon if they let things get out of hand I wonder, I'm going to look something up. This is great radio, but uh, given the fact that I have a son that's ill, I'm blaming him for me not preparing. But I'm going to look up the uh, penalty kill statistics because, you, okay, you're going to are pretty well, doing pretty well. They're actually second in the league with 87.5% or an 87.5 killing percentage, which is pretty good. But given that Frölunda has, Jesus Christ! <laughs> They score at f- almost forty-eight percent on the p- on the power play. Are you serious? They got eleven goals in twenty-three opportunities. That's insane. Yes. Uh, okay, because uh, I was covering the Oscar Sham game last week. What is their penalty kill at right now? Their penalty penalty kill. Their power play is at thirty-six point eight, which is pretty good. Their penalty kill is uh, Oscar Sam. They're thirteenth with fifty-seven point. Nine. Okay, well, at least they've improved from last week, because last week when I was covering the game, their penalty kill came up, and they were sitting at like 46% Jesus. efficiency on the penalty kill. That's not good, dude. That's <laughs> not good. I wonder, what is the kind of average? Because I feel the average on the power play is a bit higher in the SHL than it is in the NHL. Oh, for uh, sure. I mean, you never you never see an NHL team over 25 30% on the power no. play. Uh, so the relegated HV71 had the best power play in the league last year. That says something about something. They had a once the season was over, they scored at twenty eight point four eight percent of the power play chances, which is good, really good. But then they were relegated, which kind of tells you about their five on five play. Um, but yeah, uh, I wonder. So the best penalty kill last season was Kolefio. They had 
83.72%, which is good as well. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's insane. For Obviously, Ferland, I can't keep it up, but <laughs> do you just, oh my God. Mal, <clears throat> okay, you don't have the stats in front of you, do you? No. So take a guess. Malmo has the best penalty kill in the league so far over seven games. They've had 18 opportunities to kill a penalty uh, or 18 yeah, penalty kills. Guess their their percentage. 94%. Sorry? 94%. That is correct. Is it actually? Yeah, that is 94.44%. And what, have uh, they up one goal in those 18 chances? Yes, and they've also scored one. Shorthanded. Yes. That's wow. That's incredible. I mean, typically at the start of the season, you do get these kind of anomalies popping up with special teams, and it's obviously not sustainable throughout the entire season, but it's always fun to look at. Yes. Worth mentioning is that only two teams have scored. No, actually, my bad. Never mind. Worth mentioning is that I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, One, two, three, four, five teams have scored shorthanded so far. Hmm. No teams have scored more than once. Uh, Last year, Vecco, no, actually, Ninchaping had six shorthanded handed goals last season, most uh, in the league. Both Lexand and HB71 had five, and only Ferrystad was the team. Ferrystad was the only team not scoring shorthanded. There you go. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, okay, tomorrow, well, we touched on the Lulio Lakers game, which, like you mentioned, you're going to be covering. That should be a good one. Um, yeah. I feel you're doing like, the early game. Yeah, I'm doing the the Glamalmo game, which should also be good. That's a late start at six o'clock. But the, the Lulio-Lakers game, you know what? I think with Lulio coming off that big win, I think they're going to have some momentum coming into this one. They're playing at home in front of a big crowd as well. Um, I mean, the Lakers are always a tough com- uh, competition, tough team to play against. But I think Lulio's going to come away with the win in that one. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it'll be a tight one. Uh, I think it could go down the wire like a one-goal game. Not Maybe not one-goal total, but, you know, one-goal game difference. Uh, maybe a 2-1, 3-2, 4-3. Because these two teams kind of they're kind of clinging on to in, each other. What will be interesting is the return of Brendan Shinneman. Mm, yeah, because he played uh, a number of years yes. for the Lakers and playing against his old team, who I'm uh, assuming are not looking forward to playing against him because he's you know he's one of those players that you hate to play against, but you love to have him on your team. So I wonder if he plays on the line with Tyrvenen because I would not want to meet those two on the ice. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that'd be a real uh, scrappy line. Yeah, definitely. What uh, what else do we have tomorrow? I'm not. Uh, Brinus Faria sad. Uh, that should be a decent one. Um, and then... is on a three game losing streak now. They need to kind of bounce back here. Yeah, they well they they won what uh, four out of their first or three out of their first four games and have now kind of uh, off a cliff. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then we have Timro and Lexand and. <laughs> This always makes me laugh because the uh, um, the abbreviation for Timro on the SHL website is TIK, which in Swedish is uh, female dog. And so yes. when you translate it into Google Translate into English, Timro, T-I-K, turns up as bitch. <laughs> so we have bitch playing LIF tomorrow at 3.15. Oh, that's a long <clears throat> way of making a joke. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you like the Norm, Norm MacDonald of this podcast. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald, by the way. Um, so, Timro playing Lexand. Uh, I feel like Lexand's probably going to come away with the win on that one. Yeah. However, Timro uh, might surprise us. Actually, the pleasant surprise here is, is Ryan Yemi in net. I, I was down on him, but he's been, from time to time, he's been looking solid as of late. So, yeah. But I don't think he can withstand the pressure from the Lexand offensive firepower here. I think we'll, we can see a couple of goals. Uh, both ways, actually. And then uh, 6 o'clock starts. Like we mentioned, Rogla and Malmo. That should be a good game, especially with the, the, the way Malmo has been playing, the way Rogla has been playing. That's two teams that are, are, are both off to strong starts. And uh, and it's like a 30 kilometers drive between the cities, I think. So yeah, we'll so see, big, it's a rivalry. big rivalry there. We'll probably yeah, yeah. get a lot of Malmo fans in inside, uh, is it Tagira Arena? Uh, no, that's uh, it's a P- Piab, uh, because Tagira is Lexan. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, that should be a good one. Oh, yeah, here's another uh, Google Translate. Haleftiu uh, is S-K-E, but it translates to happen. Yeah, 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 because queer. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we have Happen. Actually, it's a, it's a 90 kilometers drive. Man, Skåne is bigger than you thought. How about that? I mean, still, 90 kilometers is less than an hour. Well, I guess about an but hour. You're drive. Canadian. Everything is small to you. Oh, yeah, 90 kilometers is not far, man. Yeah, it's like not, an hour. It's like talking to an Australian. It's just down the street. Yeah, it's down the street. 50 kilometers, you idiot. <laughs> uh, actually, oh, yeah. I had someone tell, tell, tell me that when I was going for groceries in Australia once, but that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, hello. Ooh, excuse me, sorry. How left you playing a Rebro? Should be a good one. And then um, Lin Shoping trying to turn around their fortunes against Oscar Shaw. Um, what do you that's think a coin flip, dude. I, yeah, I'd say I, I, would, I would have to agree with that. That's I a total toss up. I, I, I wonder what will happen there. I think. I don't know. I wonder. It depends on the Lin Shoping lineup. If they play the same team or the, if they ice the same team they did yesterday, that'll be a tough game, man. Yeah. So that wraps up what's going on tomorrow. We do do we have some player transactions this week? Um, Leland Irving has left Malmö, but he didn't play a minute. I think uh, he's playing signed with Lugano. Uh, I just got the push notification that hang on, someone is being loaned from Vecco. I think it is Hugo Pettersson is being loaned from. From Colefteo, yes. No, so from Vecqua to be Kalskuga, sorry. Oscar Lavner has been moved from Kalskuga to to Ferrisad. And, yeah, just a couple of minutes ago, Lexan has extended Matt Cato. So I'm going to just look into the length of that extension because I think he had an expiring deal. But yeah, so there's no, no major moves to report to you. Nothing crazy or unexpected. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that just about does it for this episode. Yeah, and uh, Lexand hasn't uh, really published anything on their website, so I don't know where the prospect got that from. But uh, apparently, Matt Cato has been ex- extended. So that's oh, there we go. Here, here it is. It's actually from a couple of days ago, but the push notification came now. Thank you. Um, but, but, oh, through 2023-24, that's quite a bit of an extension for a North American player in the SHL. Oh wow, yeah, awesome. So going to see Matt Cato playing for Lexand for the next couple seasons. Good for him. And good for Lexan. I like Matt Cato playing, actually. I really like him. That's cool. Yeah. That's a bit of a bright note to kind of end the show. Actually, I just want to mention to, to any new listeners here, because uh, we do have a Patreon, and it's we only have the one tier because we're a small podcast, and quite frankly, uh, I've got kids, so I can't provide we can't provide as much content as we'd like, and we've done a couple of uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast and we should really try to put one out soon again but the 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 only thing we have is a two bucks a month tier to kind of support and help us grow and if you want to check that out please do so it's patreon.com slash across the pond and it would help us uh, a lot and uh, yeah that's pretty much what i wanted to say there and just while i'm talking about the patreon and since i do have the patreon page uh in front of me i just want to mention that we do have a couple patrons and i want to thank them and they are loading. <laughs> it's Eric the Caper, who's actually pro- provided, became a regular patron now and got offended. <laughs> after, we, after we kept calling him out on the podcast for not <laughs> sorry, being a Eric. <laughs> Actually, Eric has provided me with this beautiful microphone. You, nobody can see but the one I'm using. And he apparently took offense for me not calling him a, a regular patron. So I'm sorry. Eric is a good friend of mine. And I hope we're still friends he after this. He into giving us $2 a month. Imagine if I, if I could guilt everyone into this. We, we would be rich. <laughs> er, than we are now. Or we're not rich. Never mind. Adam Novak, Darlene and Tom, uh, Linus, Andreas, Tobias, Anton. Thank you so much. And Tobias is the one having provided us with our beautiful intro and outro music. Um, if you want to ask us questions or just interact with us at all, um, because we do like questions and we kind of ask for questions prior to interviews but i mean if you want to ask us questions prior to any podcast or if you come up with anything uh shoot us uh a tweet i guess is the easiest way to kind of get in touch with us uh it's across t pond pod at across t pond pod because we don't have any facebook page we don't have instagram and yeah I think that's about it regarding our patrons and and interactions with us we have a couple of interviews lined up of course 
yeah, we we've got some good interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks, which are which are going to be really fun to do. Uh, so so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, guys, for listening to episode sixty six. Again, I want to give a big thanks and a big shout out to Dale Weiss for joining us on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, we get to see him back on the ice uh, as soon as possible after he's done dealing with injuries. And um, anything else, six ten? No, I'm pretty good. Excellent. Well, my run my run streak is still intact. Well, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. As always, stay safe, wash your hands, and support your local business. It's good for Have the environment. Going. Bye.